Bears fans to the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use that code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. What's going on, everyone? Adam Hogue, Nicholas Moriano, Will DeWitt. We got the three-man weave going for you this afternoon. A Bears game tomorrow. Nick about to jump on a plane to go to Seattle in the morning. And uh, we're just trying to figure out who the hell is going to play. And what we what, what entertainment we can actually draw out of this football game, boys, because I have to say I have never been so confused going into a preseason game. Part of it's the amount of injuries the Bears have. Part of it's the weird, wacky two day practice window they had to get ready for this one, who they were holding out, who needs to play. I'm confused who's actually going to play and how much tomorrow, but we still have a bunch of players that we need to talk about guys to dive into with opportunities on the line in Seattle, I think. And there's some Roquan Smith trade discussion. We got to get to as well. What's going on guys. Adam, I'm just so glad that you felt my pain because I released an article on all today, kind of talking about players that we're watching here tomorrow. And I put a bonus section and then I, realized I started, I went from like 10 to 20, which is like you know, almost a quarter of the roster at this point. I'm like, it, it just shows like how difficult it is right now to like pinpoint exactly who's going to play how much, but yeah, I'm just excited that there's going to be another bears football game here this week. I know it's a little short week, but Hey, if we can zoom through this preseason, I'm not going to mind one bit. I agree with you. Will. after the six to 10 snaps that the stars are projected to get, that's where, uh, you know, obviously we'll see a lot of the guys that are trying to make this roster, but it does make it interesting to see who fills out the back end. But yeah, after those six to 10, maybe the first offensive series for the Bears could be done for Justin Fields. I, like, I'll give you one example. Tajay Sharp, good game the other day. He could fall into so many different categories. He could fall into... He's actually one of the more experienced players on the roster. So did he do enough in that game for them to just be like, okay, you're on the team. You're kind of banged up. You don't need to practice. You're not going to play in Seattle. No big deal. You're fine because he did not practice the last two days. Or do they still need to see more out of him? So they purposely held him out in those two practices because it's a short week and they're going to get him out there against the Seahawks. I don't know. I don't know. It's I, I've never I've never in all the years of covering this team dealt with a short preseason week like this. And it's it's quite frankly weird. But Hey, we're going to sort through it anyway. Bring the chaos. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Um, Some roster moves to talk about. And you should be hopefully following us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Nicholas Morgano, at Will DeWitt. The L's are ones in there. Uh, also, our CHGO accounts at CHGO underscore Bears underscore sports. Um, roster moves. The Bears did cut down to 85 yesterday, which is league mandated. Got to cut down the roster as we get going here after each game they cut uh well next week they'll cut five more players and then the week after that's the full cut down to 53 so to get there uh they had to make four moves roster moves yesterday that include three cuts one player going to ir the ir move was probably the most notable that was six round pick doug kramer going on injured reserve ending his season uh, Brad Biggs reported it was uh, the fears of Liz Frank injury. He played in that game Saturday, was in the mix with Sam Mustafer at center ever since uh, Lucas Patrick got hurt. But um, the Bears are a little shorthanded at center. Um, they did add a center yesterday. What, what's that guy's name? 
Corey uh, Dublin. He actually played go. with Darnell Mooney at Tulane, so they crossed over for a little bit. He also has some guard experience. Played 12 games for, for the Green Waves, right? That's Tulane, the Green Waves. So, yeah, at, when you lose, a, unfortunately, Doug Kramer, looks like that moves to, you know, have a guy that's in place there that's played a similar position. So they did have to add to the O-line there just to have bodies, quite frankly, at this point at the center position. Um, Dieter Eilson still in the in the mix too, I guess. But uh, yeah, that's a big blow for Doug Kramer, the product of Illinois, um, local kid too, Hinsdale Central, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So that's that's a bummer, but uh, the Bears move on there. They had to cut three other players, all with injury designations. Michael Joseph, who's actually been around for a while now, it seems like, but Mm -hmm. I think the only time he's ever played was that Vikings game last year when everyone had COVID. So, but he did play in that game. Uh, Jason Stanley, who I actually thought was turning some heads. I think he was an early bear, not a bear player. Um, mm-hmm. it turned out he was a bear player. Now he's not a bear player. Uh, he is unfortunately <laughs> waved injured at this point. And then Javen white, the linebacker as well. So the roster down to 83, any reaction to these moves guys? Not, not really. I mean, the big one too. also tight end rice and John who did get because of all the injuries that the tight ends were, were having. Like he saw some first team reps, but you know, he had, he was clearly a standout in terms of like the physical size. He was the tallest tight end that the bears had no longer. There's also waived. But other than that, you guys, I mean, these are guys on the bottom end of the roster. So it kind of makes sense that they were cut in this first wave of cuts. No, I'm pissed off. I put Noah Dawkins in my 53 because I was basing it <laughs> off of that person specifically looking at the depth chart and trying to figure out, cause I had 52. So he was actually the 53rd person I threw in there. Just like, hey, that he was the second stringer on the unofficial depth chart. Obviously, he got hurt. Things changed. But damn it, I already have to find one alternate for my 53 next week. The, the, Will, that's kind of worrisome. It's supposed to be hard to get down to 53. You were down to 52? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that is, you're right. That is worrisome that I was actually having a hard time getting up to 53 instead of pruning it down. Yikes. Like I was actually trying to build it up. Ooh. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. That's funny. <laughs> wow, I don't I don't think I've ever had that problem trying to get the roster down to 53 in one of those. So I don't know if that bodes well for the Bears right now. Um all right, so Bears will play obviously tomorrow night in Seattle. They travel to Seattle today. Uh their first road trip of the season, first road trip under Matt Eberflus, Roquan Smith, more on him in a little bit, but he will be on the plane headed to Seattle unless something has changed in the last 24 hours. But yesterday the head coach said Roquan Smith will travel um, and then they'll have the weekend two more quote unquote training camp practices before camp breaks. Um, and then we kind of get more to the regular season type practice schedule before the last preseason game against the Browns next week. But in the middle of that, all that, the Bears will have to trim the roster down to 80 by three o'clock next Tuesday. So just sort of some business to um, work through there. Um Guys, you want to start with Roquan Smith discussion or talk more about the players? I'm okay going either way with this, but talking about players to watch tomorrow night. Will, it, let's leave it up to you. It You're ready. The Roquan thing is ready. Okay. Hi. Well, since Lawrence, hey, Law, you work so speedy behind the scenes to get that clip ready for us. Why Ooh. not start with that? Okay. And, of course, if we don't have enough time to talk about everyone I'm watching, then they can read the article on the website. That's what That's it's there right. for. That's Perfect. why it's there. On allchgo.com, Will has 10 players to watch tomorrow night. And well, we will uh, cover all that before we got here. Okay, so there's a video that caught my eye like a little over an hour ago. Colin Coward um, 
talking about the Roquan Smith situation. And it, it's interesting. I realize a lot of people, they hear the name Colin Coward, they roll their eyes. That just seems like something that, that Lawrence specifically would do. I don't know why. Can't stand the man. Yeah, okay. All right. So um, if you can ignore two things while you – if you're one of those people, can you, if you can just ignore maybe who's who's making these points. Um, I personally don't have a huge problem with Colin Coward, but if you are someone who does, just, just try to listen to what he's saying and also just for a minute take out whatever side you are on whether you not whether or not you want Roquan Smith traded or still on the team, and just listen to the points he's making, really more about the organization rather than Roquan Smith. So here's like a two minute clip, and then we'll react. Colin Coward today on Roquan hope the, Smith. Hope this works. Here we go. This is what's happening in the NFL. The smart people see it. Your best player can't be a linebacker if you want to win the Super Bowl. It's got to be a quarterback. Got to be a wide receiver, left tackle, or an edge rusher. The smart teams are getting it. So Roquan Smith is a great player for the Bears. Their best player, like a Monte Ellis. And there is a market for him like Monte Ellis. But the future is quarterback and weapons. And the Bears have a young quarterback, and they don't know if he can play. And right now he's got one weapon on the whole team that's elite. I would move him. If you go back to the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, you can't name a great Chicago Bear wide receiver. Because people attain and acquire what matters to them. You love art, you collect it. You like ours, you, cars, you buy them. But offense has never been the thing for Chicago. It's old school, blue collar, tough, Ditka. That's what we do here, tough linebackers. I can name 10 linebackers for the Bears. You can't name their best wide receiver ever. Because it doesn't mean anything to them. It means stuff historically to the Niners the St. Louis and L.A. Rams, the Packers, the Steelers. It matters to them, so they've drafted, acquired, traded for, and developed. You can name multiple great receivers for St. Louis or the L.A. Rams or the Packers or the Steelers or the 49ers. You can't name one for the Bears. It is time to do what the Warriors did and pivot off a really good player who, is, who has got to market but you could move Roquan Smith today. There's a story out. The Cowboys are interested. Then let them be interested. But the Bears are broken. Stuck in the past. Too much 1975 football ideology. The game is changing. This is the moment. Pivot. Is he wrong? No. no he's not. And I think for a lot of Bears fans... You do, you have to go to the past, right? You look at those defenses and even like this current staff though, you guys, like does it kind of have that old kind of Bears philosophy, play defense, run the ball and kind of the moves they've made. It, it, it's not, they're, they're still emphasizing the importance of defense, I would say. But like Colin was saying, it is time for the Bears to get into the 21st century. It's an offensive league and the Bears have never really had an offense. Hey, we had it. 2013, Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey. It was there, and obviously it didn't last long enough to really matter. The defense fell off uh, just a couple years too late. But, no, I, I agree with everything that was said there just in terms of, like, in the league and how it's going and how we expect it to continue to evolve. It's going to really matter if you have 
top tier weapon surrounding elite quarterbacks. And the Bears don't have that right now. And locking up a ton of money, Jeroquan Smith isn't going to help their causes doing that in the future. And I think that's why we're in a situation that we are today because he wants a certain amount. Ryan Poles doesn't believe that he should, you know, allocate that much over to him. So we're kind of stuck where it is. The one thing though that I Liz heard, and tell me if I'm wrong, but did he call Darnell Mooney elite? He didn't call him by name, but he said Fields has one elite weapon. I think that's who he was talking about. So some respect yeah. for I'm Darnell Mooney. Montgomery, so yeah, Darnell. Didn't put his name on it, so I don't know how respectful it was, but some respect for Darnell Mooney. I think that's who he was talking about. Um, yeah, look, guys, I've been, I've been on the soapbox before. This is a franchise that has been just stuck in the past way way too long and that is the one thing i keep coming back to in the back of my mind every time i get excited about what i see from this coaching staff every time i even get excited or appreciate what ryan poles is doing kind of this big picture view there is a little bit of a fear in that let's not forget that the big move they made back in january was essentially to go back to the lovey smith era so it was like a different past they're trying to recreate, one that was successful, not quite as far back as the 85 Bears, um, but it is still moving back into the past a little bit. Now, what I'd like to think in Ryan Poles' mind, he's trying to recreate like from 2009 on. So you still had the Lovey Smith defense you still had that defense the emphasis on defense and running the football but you had what who you thought was the quarterback in Jay Cutler and then the problem just became is he wasn't the right one but if Justin Fields is the right one and remember they were close with Jay they were right there in the NFC championship game against the Packers they were right freaking there and he got hurt so that's what I I want to think that they're they're trying to recreate but at the same time, a lot has changed in this league since 2011, 2000, you know, that era where in 2012 when they ended up moving on from Lovey Smith. And I can't say that Colin Coward is wrong about that. And I think that that's part of as maybe we shift this discussion then because I see the comments. OK, but what are you actually going to get for Roquan Smith? Completely fair point that he didn't necessarily address. But the general, like, big picture view, I agree with what Colin Coward's saying. And I think what might be part of the sticking point here, it, I think Ryan Poles might agree with it, too. I hope Ryan Poles agrees with it. I would think he does. And for the main reason, he comes from Kansas City. He saw what it took to win a Super Bowl. It takes a high-level quarterback with a high-octane offense. And that's how they won it. He was firsthand experience seeing that. So I would hope that Ryan Poles agrees with this and can bring, you know, some of the things that made Kansas City successful to Chicago. But it really starts with, you know, establishing an offense that can compete in this league. Something else that Coward also mentioned later on in the video is like, look at all the other teams in the NFL and what they've done for some of the other quarterbacks. He mentioned Buffalo and getting Stephon Diggs, uh, Cincinnati and getting Jamar Chase, Arizona getting Cliff Kingsbury, offensive-minded. And then obviously we see what the Bears have done. You mentioned Larry Ogunjobi's like that. That that's their big that was supposed to be their first big ticket free agent. And then you draft Valus, their only receiver in the third round. So 
it hasn't been necessarily what you want to see if you're trying to build around your quarterback. But maybe this just wasn't a year and you're waiting for that next year. But I, I can see exactly what Coward's saying. Well, I mean, we all went through this offseason. The receivers just weren't falling into the Bears' laps. There's a lot of moves being made. Receivers getting locked up, being traded in. I, I don't think the Bears had enough ammunition to really get that job done this offseason. And if Jaquan Prisker or, uh, you know, and Kyler Gordon pan out as much as I'm expecting him to, I'm not going to be upset about waiting on receiver in this draft, too. When I just look at this whole thing big picture, uh, I can see the moves that are bringing the Bears, you know, back to like the Lovey Smith days. Ideally, it's just a blend between the two ideologies. Like you have mm-hmm. the defensive minded coach that, you know, they emphasize what defenses are supposed to do in this league, in this game, and how they can impact it with turnovers to, and things of that nature. But then you also cater to the quarterback and you also build up that side of the ball because if the Bears did that better during the Lovey Smith time, because those offenses were for the most part, pretty rough to watch too. If they had a better offense, heck, even just as we've always said, if we just had an average offense, like that whole era could have been a completely different one as well. So finding a way to find that proper balance, I think is what the Bears should be striving for and what I hope they are too. Yeah, and and so then there's the, and I see it, see in the comments, the, you know, the very fair follow-up, which is, Okay, but what are they realistically getting in the trade? I mean, Colin Coward mentioned there's a market for him, but one story about the Cowboys being interested isn't necessarily uh, the market that you realistically want that can actually help Justin Fields. I mean, what are we talking about here? A second-round pick? Even a, a first-round pick? If you're trading him to a competitor, competitive team, that's probably a later first-round pick. Who are you realistically getting there? And that helps not arriving till next spring. And that's likely a rookie wide receiver next year. Most times rookie wide receivers don't take off right away and provide a lot of help. So is that player not really helping Justin Fields until year four? So I guess where I stand now after hearing that, it hasn't really changed I just think he made a lot of good points, big picture-wise, that the Bears have to take seriously and haven't taken seriously enough in the past. But when it comes to actually trading Roquan Smith, I don't know that it's swayed me one way or the other. Like, I'm still in the middle. I'm open to the idea of it, depending on what the package is. But all these these wide receivers that were supposedly out there via trade have all been signed. Like, I'm still seeing mentions about DK Metcalf because the Bears play the Seahawks, bro. DK signed a contract extension a few weeks ago, guys. That happened. So, yeah. uh, And the Seahawks are are about to go through a rebuild, too. So, if the argument is you don't need to sign an off-the-ball linebacker in a rebuild then why would the Seahawks do it? You know what I mean? So I, I just, <laughs> exactly. I, and, and what, what are the Cowboys trading right now that immediately helps Justin Fields? That's what I'm not seeing besides draft picks, maybe, but that's right, hey, a year from now. Throw in CD lamb. That might, uh, might be enticed for the bears. That would be obviously si- sign me up. Yeah. But why would they do that? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's just that that's a thing like the trade for Oakland, but, you need to you need two to tango, right? And at this point, what is available for the Bears to go get and for another team willingly to depart from, you know, their team? It, it just the more you think about it at this stage, 
It's just you don't know what you're going to get in return. The only thing, like, if you're going to the draft next year, it's like the Bears could use offensive line help if you're not going to get an immediate receiver to make an impact in 2023. Offensive line, you could do that. But, yeah, it's just there's not a lot of options. Draft picks of Michael Gallup? Who's on pop right now, I think. Yeah, it's uh, it's yes. still someone quicker than the draft pick could come in and contribute, though. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. And 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 look, I, we we just had a comment up on the screen, which I agree with. Like, you can sign Roquan and still build around Fields too. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and and someone else put up there that they think that the Ryan Poles is actually following more like the Bills model. I agree with that. I think they are. I 100 percent agree with that. Um, so it, and it's going to take some time. The bills actually kind of in year two of their rebuild had to have what I think is going to be this season for the bears. Um, which was when they had to kind of tear it all down and, and fix the cap and stuff like that. I, it's just unfortunate that this happens to be Justin Fields second season. So the timelines don't exactly line up. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually they made the big move for Stefan Diggs like in a perfect world. Darnell Mooney becomes Stefan Diggs for mm-hmm. the bears. Um, so maybe he's already here and that would accelerate things. But um, anyway, get the point. I'm still not totally on board with trading him, but if, and when that does happen, which I still think it's not, I still think they're going to figure this out to be honest with you. Um, I just think it's a very interesting discussion to think about it. Uh, both of those ways. All right, we got to get uh to some players to talk about for tomorrow's game. But first, want to tell you that PointsBet Sportsbook is counting down the days until the football season with a new offer every day until the season kicks off. From now until September 8th, PointsBet Power Hour will unlock a new daily offer from noon to 1 o'clock Central. Sign up for PointsBet now using code CHGO to also get Risk-free bets up to $2,000. Don't miss out on your chance to get daily access to free bets, boosted odds, and so much more now through September 8th. But that's not it. If you make a $51 or more first-time deposit, you will receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. Download the PointsBet app today. Use code CHGO to take advantage of this limited-time offer. Don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Chicago, you already got the best sports coverage for your favorite team, so get fitted out in the best sports gear around. Foco has got you covered from Soldier, Soldier Field to the front room, north or south side with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like DeMar with apparel from the leader in sports merch and collectibles, Foco. Looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life? Foco's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. Check out foco.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. All right, we got about five more minutes here with Will before he has to leave. Uh, You have a story up at allchgo.com on your players to watch in Seattle. So, Turn the floor over to you, and and uh, you can let us know who are the key guys that you're going to be watching tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, if we're just looking at the top of the list, I don't think it's any surprise that it's right guard Tevin Jenkins uh, needs to be you know on top of mind for everybody 
watching this game on Thursday night, moving from right tackle to right guard, doing so with the first string, I think is very uh, interesting to say the least. I know Nick and I had a good conversation about this on Monday. And honestly, it's been something that's been just turning through my mind all week long. And I can't wait to see him in this uh, new position. And what I heard too, even I know yesterday, uh, you guys mentioned too, like he looked okay too. Like he's still playing well at this new spot. So getting this game opportunity to show it to his coaches, I think it's going to be huge uh, for him and his chances. If he actually wants to become one of those starting five alignment for the bears, there's still a chance. Uh, and I think this game could be the pivotal moment one way or the other for uh, Tevin Jenkins, you know, getting some debuts potentially. And again, potentially, as we know, Kyler Gordon, Bayless Jones Jr. Uh, for me, of course, Bayless is one that I'm excited to watch. I don't envision you know, a lot of opportunity in this game for him because they don't want to kind of tilt their hand and give away exactly how they want to use this kid because he can be utilized in so many different ways. But he's someone I'm excited to see out there on the field. Uh, I'll let Adam talk about Jack Sanborn, but we all know what kind of game he had. Can he follow that up? Like that's the big question uh, as well. And then I guess I think, two... I think they should. Lo- I think they should rest him. He's there. A, you go. You know, right? You know, you don't want to. You don't want to hurt your All Pro linebacker in. Uh, Week two of the preseason. Come on, guys. <laughs> PFF's highest graded defender of from rookies, by the way, last week. If uh, if that floats your fancy, I think Jaquan Britscript's grade was like in the fifties. So there you go. Just 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 saying. It makes no sense. Oh, yeah. down there with Roquan. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's some Roquan territory. That's right. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but there are two like names that I don't think I've ever mentioned on the show that I just want to say that I am watching on Thursday night, and that's going to be linebacker Demarcus Gates and defensive lineman uh, Trevin Coley. Uh, Coley's been in this league for years. Uh, actually has 100 career tackles. Uh, he's just bounced around a few different times. He crossed paths with Coach Eberflus in 2019. He had, uh, what, last game, two sacks, uh, an extra quarterback hit. Uh, as well as a pass defense. Uh, so just a guy who's fighting for a roster spot. I love watching that. And then with DeMarcus Gates, I just love his path and his story. Uh, went undrafted in 2018, and here's a quick list of just play- teams that he's played for since, or at least been a part of. Cleveland Browns, didn't even uh, he got cut before training camp began, even though he was signed as an undrafted free agent. The Memphis Express with the AAF, the Washington Commanders back in 2019. Same situation as the Browns, signed in April, cut before camp. Then the Houston Roughnecks in the 2020 XFL draft, the Minnesota Vikings he spent for the spring there. He was cut during training camp in mid-August. Then he went to the TSL Blues. The I can't even say. I'm going to just say Rough Riders there in the CFL. The Birmingham Stallions in the USFL draft where he had 68 total tackles, six and a half sacks, which led to him being signed by the Chicago Bears. And he actually played very well in his limited time uh, last week, too. Just always being around the football, four tackles. He was in that tackle that turned into the forced fumble, in which Sanborn picked up, too. And I saw him around in special teams. So here's a guy that's been obviously fighting tooth and nail to make an NFL roster. And you know what? I- I'm rooting for him. I don't know how great those odds are, but he's someone I would definitely be cheering for on Thursday night. But that's just a, a small list. And again, there's a whole lot more on allstateshow.com in my article. I'm watching pretty much everybody, of course, but if you want to know who and why, and you want like someone already commented, like this is a perfect guide for Thursday night. I appreciate it. I agree. If you want someone to kind of keep in front of you as you're watching this game, definitely check out my articles free for everybody. You don't have to be a member to, to read this one. All right. couple things. Were you referring to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? Yeah. I could not for the life of me on the fly, get that out of my mouth. That's all right. I mean, you, you know, you got the curl, the Canadian curling guy here, so I'll, I can walk you through yeah, some of those yep, tough Canadian true. names. Um, I do think it's really cool 
that there's somebody from the USFL this past season. Because I want these spring links to work. I didn't watch a lot of it. It wasn't very captivating to me. I tried. Just really brain's not in football mode necessarily in the spring. But, you know, it's still good for those leagues to work, in my opinion. And I and I I want those leagues to have success. So if there's a player and he had 68 times, I mean, he's a guy who played a decent amount of football in the spring, like just a few months ago. So that's another thing you got to weigh, play that much football in the spring. How ready are you for right now? So th- uh, that part of it is a cool story. Did you do a video breakdown of the punter, by the way? <laughs> you may have saw that here today. It wasn't My even a break. No, this is just, that's just respect to you. I mean, special Thank teams you. guy here. Give me those punting breakdowns. I'd love it. Awesome. It wasn't as deep as a breakdown as I was hoping for when I kind of embarked on this journey this morning with a couple of cups of coffee, but people seem to love the Trenton Gill uh, appreciation post and just kind of highlighting, I think it was like five of my favorite punts that he had in a preseason opener and like the different ways he's able to kind of pin opponents deep. And I love it. Uh, I love the bears having a true, you know, weapon in terms of the field position battle. And uh, that's another player's on my list. He's in the bonus section, but he's on there. Don't worry. Mm. I, I won't complain if we have to punt. Honestly, I will not. In the preseason. Got it. All right, Will. Thanks so much. Great stuff. We'll check in with you tomorrow night after the game on the postgame show. We'll talk to you then. Sounds great. Can't wait to talk about another preseason game. One, Two more to go, guys, and then real stuff actually gets to happen. Adios. There he goes, Will DeWitt. Follow him on Twitter, at Will DeWitt. The L's are one. Uh, yeah, he. I, he, I saw that in my timeline this morning. I'm like, what is this? I click on it, and it's like a full breakdown of everyone at Trenton Gill's punts last week. Like, this is some... This is some good stuff. Yeah, that, seeing that, it didn't surprise me, you know, just knowing Will and what, you know, if he had set coffee in him, who knows what he can create and do on the fly. But I need the long, I need the long snapping breakdown next week. Ooh, there you go. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he'll probably do, have it done for you. If you're going to set the bar up here, you know, you got to keep trying to top it. So <laughs> um, I want to exactly. see that. All right, we're going to run through some of our own players that we are looking forward to watching. And like Will said, I mean, for me, I think the number one, I kind of group them together, and I led my uh, my Bears Things newsletter that came out this morning in your inbox if you're signed up for it. If not, you can read it at allchgo.com and become a member and sign up for it. But I led with that, too. Just the opportunity in front of Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum. I just... I just keep trying to think about this like I would if I were an NFL general manager, which thankfully for everyone, I am not. But, um, you know, you want the young guys to win, right? You you don't want it to let it cloud your judgment and have that result in you seeing things that aren't really there. But in a perfect world, you want like a, a really perfect world is a world in which Braxton Jones Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum all went out and legitimately won three of the five spots on the offensive line. And these coaches have been serious about this from day one, Nick. They have said, we want to find the best five, the combination of the best five. However we arrive on that, that's going to be the plan. And that's why I don't think it should be. I've seen some kind of poke at the Bears a little bit, like they're just throwing shit at the wall with Tevin Jenkins going to right guard and seeing if it'll stick. And, you know, maybe there's a small element of truth to that, but the reality is you just find your best five and w- work it out that way. That's that's a good way to do it, in my opinion, instead of just like pigeonholed holding these guys into one spot that you think they should play. 
So if Braxton Jones has done enough to already win that left tackle job, and so that closed the door on Tevin Jenkins at left tackle. Now you move over to the right tackle, and you know I think Larry Borum played pretty well last week. And then you also still have Riley Reef there. So maybe the opportunity is not there. Well, right guard still a big opportunity. So let's go see if he can play there. And if that ends up shaking out that way with those three young guys as your starters with Riley Reef and Michael Schofield as backups, that's a pretty good, like that's probably the best case scenario that you could have painted out like way back in May. It's a good situation to be in, Adam. And I, I wrote a column on this week two preseason game is crucial for Tevin Jenkins. If he can prove to this coaching staff on a short week that he can execute a position they just moved to against maybe the first team defensive line for the Seahawks, I think that says a lot about Tevin Jenkins and the opportunity and his ability to seize the opportunity and how where where that can go for him moving forward and potentially being a crucial piece or just a part of the starting rotation and maybe that's that right guard. So if he can prove that tomorrow night, I think that's big for a guy that just literally got reps at right guard on Monday. So if Tevin Jenkins can show that, that's that bodes well for him. Um, some other guys that I'm looking, just kind of looking out for in this game, Adam. Um, I think Khalil Herbert has something to prove a little bit in this game. He had two drops in that game against the Chiefs. And, you know, you even go back to last season, didn't have a lot of opportunities, but I want to see his just his ability to pass catch. I know Nomad in our comments mentioned Khalil Herbert, but just the pass catching ability, not, not even the running ability, but Khalil Herbert's ability to catch out of the backfield, can he prove he can do that? Because that's going to be a part of this offense. Luke Getze had it in Green Bay with the two running backs they had there. You want to be able to rely on those guys. And can Khalil Herbert show that if given the opportunity to make a catch in the open field? Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. I mean, I think his job's probably safe, but mm -hmm. I still think that that's a weakness of his that they have to sort out, um, especially in this offense. So... And it has it has an impact probably on the long term situation with David Montgomery um, as well, who I, is a guy who I don't know will play if he does play in this game. David Montgomery, I'd imagine it'd be only a few snaps, um, probably the same for Cole Komet too. But um, Cole said he's ready to play, so he probably will run with the starters. And it's not a bad thing to see what this offense can do. Like last week was a little weird because. At the end of the day, you want to score points, without a doubt. And they didn't do that. But you still came away with it. Like, that wasn't that bad. And there, you know, there, there were enough glimpses that you felt okay with it. You know they're not really showing a whole lot. So maybe this week, if you add Cole Komet, David Montgomery into the mix, to actually run a drive with cl closer to your starting, your actual starting lineup there across the board, and if you can turn that into a touchdown or a scoring drive, then you're probably feeling pretty good about things. Yeah, you are. You get to see what your offense actually is going to look like against another team. Because we didn't get a chance to see that in week one against the Kansas City Chiefs in the 18th snap. So you get those two stars. And again, Tevin Jenks at right guard. Maybe we're seeing a little bit of what week one against the 49ers can look like. Uh, all right, some other guys to watch. Uh, more of the bigger names here. I'm going to agree with Will on a, on a lot of these, but Kyler Gordon's just kind of fun to watch in this game because he, he's going back to his um, you know, hometown and area where he gets to have this little homecoming game for him, his first NFL action. Uh, I don't know how much he's going to play, but look, when he's been out there, 
he's been making plays. He gets his hand. The issue has been being out there. So if he is out there, let's see him get his hands on the ball. Wouldn't shock me if he came down with, with an interception or a PBU in a limited time in this game. Um, I think he's somebody having number six out there is going to be fun to watch. Same with uh, I don't, well, Jaquan Brisker didn't practice the last few days, right? But yeah, maybe they'll save him considering he had such a nice debut last week. Um, but if you could get them out there together, that'd be ideal. I'd like to see what that secondary looks like. But kind of sticking with that secondary, I think, you know, Kendall Vildor is like a forgotten guy. And now he's he's pegged to be the starter at this point opposite of Jalen Johnson. I know a lot of fans going into this season, if they were to see that scenario play out, they'd be losing their minds. But that's kind of what it's looking like at this point. So I just I'm curious to see how he holds up. He's going to probably be running with that first team unit. Will he be target? Who knows how many opportunities he's going to get as he fall in that six and ten snap category that Iberfus was talking about? But seeing how your your number two corner at this point is going to do in this game, there is DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, no Drew Lock in this game due to COVID. But yeah, seeing how he does, I think you know something to keep an eye on as well. If Valus Jones Jr. does play, um. I hope they're not too concerned about like hiding stuff. He needs the play. He needs the reps. Um, I don't think they're going to get too gimmicky with them, but I think I just saw a comment pop up that was like, he needs to get three to five targets. I don't disagree with that. Like, you know, he's in the category. I've seen plenty of third round picks, like not play at all as rookies. Like he's not a, I wouldn't say he's like an absolute lock to be a huge part of this offense at this point. He has a lot to show. He hasn't been practicing. Um, he's a rookie wide receiver. And as I mentioned early on in the show, a lot of times rookie wide receivers don't, they certainly don't do what Jamar Chase did last year very often. There's a, there's a rarity or what Justin Jefferson did a couple of years ago. Um, that is That is usually not how it plays out. And those guys were both first round picks for two play out. Um, so I'm just saying, you know, I'd like to see Bayless Jones. I like to see him in this offense. I like to see what he can do. And I don't, I'm not going to pay too much attention to the utilization because I have a feeling they don't want to show all that. But I just want to see him out there, see what kind of separation he can get because that's a big question of mine um, if, if he's going to actually be running routes. And maybe, and, and if anything, this is the time to test that stuff because mm-hmm. he kind of projects more of like this horizontal get him in space, let him run. I want to see what he can do actually running some routes downfield. Can he get separation? Can he get open? To me, this is the time to test that. Yeah, you know, and for me, Adam, I don't want the Bears to kind of restrict. Like, look, maybe the, some other week one, the 49ers are going to look at this preseason game like, oh, they put Velas in motion. Fine. If that's what he's going to be doing throughout the season, if he's going to get in motion to then run a, a route downfield, I want to see him get into the flow of those things against an opposing defense. Like I'm okay with them kind of doing what they would do with Velas, so he can get into the feel of what an NFL game is actually like. And so we can actually see, well, you know what this third round draft pick is capable of because he does have a lot on his plate and he's asked to be doing a lot on top of the special team stuff. So if they want to just let Velas loose, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with seeing, getting to see what he's capable of doing. 
Uh, all right. Well, I wouldn't dare uh, stealing your beloved Owen Reed. So I'll let you take care of that before we inform the folks about some of our CHGO stuff. I appreciate that, Adam. As Adam mentioned, Owen, got to tell you about what, what Owen is, which stands for only what you need. This brand is a 100% plant-based protein company that gives you high quality and carefully selected ingredients to keep you functioning throughout your entire workday and especially after an intense workout. In these protein shakes, you get your vegan omega-3s, your green superfoods like broccoli, kale, and spinach, and all these amazing greens just reinforce what Owen stands for, only what you need. And what's cool about Owen is that we first heard about the product from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who does follow a plant-based diet. Owen and CHGO have partnered up to give you an awesome offer. When you use the code CHGO20, you get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. Again, that is 20% off with the code CHGO20 at liveowen.com. So join us here at CHGO and Justin Fields and try Owen, only what you need. All right, if you're one of our family members at CHGO, you probably opened up your uh, inbox this morning, your email, and saw that you had an email from me, the Bear Stings newsletter, dropping on Wednesday morning for you. Um, some interesting stuff, I thought, with Luke Getze, who, who swung by for five questions with me. Uh, when was that, like Monday, I think it was? Uh, and some fun stuff about a, uh, a particular throw he had at a Mac title game back in the day um, that we had some fun with. So uh, that's all for you at allchgo.com. If you weren't signed up in time, if you didn't get in your email, you can go check it out at allchgo.com. Uh, sign up, be a member, 50 cents for your first month. If you're on the fence, you can you can go that route uh, and get it for 50 cents. And if you don't, you know, it's risk-free at that point, other than your 50 cents. So that's where you're at. 50 cents, low risk, I think. Uh, regardless, for free, they don't charge you 50 cents to watch these shows right here on YouTube. Uh, podcast live shows every single day on every team. Good day to be tuning into our White Sox shows. Yesterday was a good day for that. It's big victory brought out the shirt for you. I'm impressed. Yeah, um, I told you my parents are going to the game, and... I saw a good one. Yeah, I did use points bet and made a three leg parlay at him. I hit two of those, and I, you know, I figured like classic. If I'm gonna bet on somebody to hit a home run, it was Jose Abreu. Like I think he's tied for the most home runs. Off the White Sox ever. don't hit home runs. Have you not learned this well, yet? Well, it, it was. It, I think oh, it was done. a good. I think in theory. By the way, you well, you now mentioned multiple times on the show, like, oh, I did this parlay and I hit two of the three or three of the four. That equals zero. It doesn't or, count. Or you two would, of the eight, I think, was one the other day. Yeah. I think it was around two of the eight. But yesterday was close, man. Like, yeah. Jose Abreu had what? Like, two Start or three with one. in that game? Try, like a, try just making a normal bet. Just try and win I, all that. Yeah. That's your, I was good at this in the beginning. Like, I bet on UNC early on, and I won, like, big. No, and then weren't. ever since then, I, it, no. I, got, I got the receipts somewhere in here. Yeah, I think the first three <laughs> – pick of the weeks you gave out were all wrong i just can't believe that this power hour <laughs> thing is happening i forget every lunch hour 12 to 1 it's because i'm always building the stream graphics for this darn show and i forget to do it i've forgotten every day all these the power hour the points bet power regrets. hour yeah i have to take advantage i could have bet on tennis yesterday that would have been amazing i don't would have had no idea but it could have won money for free 
Yeah. I love free tennis. Money. Yeah, winning money for free sounds good. I don't know if I could do the tennis thing. Well, it's the only thing you're allowed to bet on in, in the power hour yesterday. So it was, oh, like, it was okay. like tennis bet. Ah, gotcha. 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 All right. Uh, also at allcsgo.com, our awesome merchandise. And you get a free shirt when you become a member. So there you go. All right. Um, got a few more minutes here. We can take some questions. Yeah, do you need from... me? What's that? Do you need me? Should I be uh, gathering some questions for you? Yeah, probably. If you don't mind. Sure. Um, I got one some. thing. I, the one thing I do want to point out, though, real quick on Tevin Jenkins, and I touched on this in the newsletter as well. I just, I don't think I realized how much the Bears thought of his intelligence. Yeah. Like until this week. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I was jogging my memory, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I think I do remember them hyping that up when they first drafted him. But part of the problem is because he was just, like, gone all last year until the very end of the season. And then he was also um, MIA at the beginning of camp. You just kind of forget these things. But so when you hear Luke Getty talk about how the guard position is stressed mentally more than the tackles, that's one of the reasons why they think Tevin can play there. That stood out. Um, and then, uh, was it Eberflus or Chris Morgan? One of the other coaches said the same thing. Like he's a really intelligent, I think it was Chris Morgan when I was talking to him, the bears all line coach. Okay. I'm willing to listen to it. Let's see. Let's see how it plays out. Now. I, I think there's a good, I think, I feel like there's a good chance he's going to work out better at guard than tackle. Yeah. And also it was, um, Cody Whitehair who mentioned his intelligence. You had Trevor Simeon talk about his intelligence. Like, Everyone and their grandmother's talking about Tevin Jenkins' intelligence the last three days, which is a positive because he's playing a new position. He has to learn on the fly. In, to be fair, I did I did tee Cody Whitehair up to talk about it. I did ask him. The other guys brought it up on their own, though. I feel like yeah. Um, but go. then I wanted to hear from Cody because he's team and he's his teammate. Like, how does he show that in meetings? He says like the way he can draw stuff up and understand it. It's good. All right, let's fly through some questions, uh, comments, whatever you guys got for us today. Uh, oh, there are things. There are things. Let's uh, let's see uh, them. Let's just start here. Gage McDaniel says, be sure to hit that like button. Yes, please. Sure. Thank you, everyone. Oh. Please hit the like button. Uh, Daniel Trump says, listening to this instead of working. Love it. Good, good idea. Uh, let's see. Where is my next one here? Oh, Marcelo Lopes, Lopez. Cheers from Brazil, guys. Huge fan here. Bears. Love it. Hey, nice. um, I just like this from Michael. He says Sand God. Ooh. There you go. Mm. That's a good nickname. Jack Sand God. <laughs> um, and Los Cruz kind of follows up with that. Here's an actual question. Chance Sanborn can start. Guys in front of him aren't impressive. Okay. I I felt like after they signed him, and you look at the at the depth chart that there was a chance that Jack Sanborn could push for the starting Sam linebacker position. Part of that was, if you go back to what Matt Eberflew said in Florida at the owners meetings, he said, whoever starts at that position also needs to be able to back up the other positions. Jack Sanborn at Wisconsin could play multiple spots could do a lot of different things. He kind of fits that mold in my mind. So, I think he's going to get another chance to play. If he continues this to play as well as he did against the Chiefs, I think there is a chance he can push Matt Adams um, for the uh, for the Sam spot. 
Well, so Matt would I think it would be Joe Thomas, right? Joe Thomas for the Sam. Mike, like Mike Adams, he he's a special teamer. You guys, like it's not like he has to replace a a well known guy. Yes, he's familiar with Eberflus, but it's not like it's a high caliber linebacker. We're talking. Yeah. About. This is his first time really playing a lot of defense with with Roquan Smith being out. So, hey, let's not put limits on players. That's what uh, Matt Eberflus was talking about the other day. That that can apply for Jack Sanborn too. So the reason why I said Matt Adams is because I think he was kind of penciled in as a Sam linebacker before Roquan was out. And then to that point that I just said about how that player needs to back up the other spots, I think that's when Matt Adams went over there. So the point being, versatile linebackers are good. He's young. He's a rookie. Can he start? I think there is a chance. All right. Um, and this is just another Sanborn thing here from 8-Hour. Uh, Jack Sanborn's already locked for the Hall of Fame, so we don't have to watch him, obviously. That was just players to watch. I thought well, that, that, was, that was a given. Yeah, yeah. obviously. <laughs> um, we just had a super chat from Jable448. Thank you, Jay. I'm off work early, so I can finally listen when the show is live. Awesome. Appreciate Welcome. Right Appreciate it. Did you, uh, Lawrence, I know you didn't do the show with us yesterday. Did you see the uh, the uh, we had a uh, super chat of somebody asking for a job? Oh, yeah. oh um, I did data scientist, that. right? Yeah, data science is looking for a job. A like a data science science kind know. of job, or yeah, or you don't you know any positions? I don't know. Can we replace Nick? Just kidding, Nick. <laughs> You're right there. Um, you can replace the whiteboard in the background with different yeah. data. Yeah, that's. I, I almost took it off today. Like I'm starting to pack you know, here for the apartment, and that I don't know why that was the first thing I took down. I'm like, wait a second, let me put you back yeah, up there. Dog in the comments is like yet. it says. It says. Oh, are you for sure moving? Judith Bears trade. Oh yeah, I got a, got a place, Adam. Moving to Arlington Heights. September eighth is moving day. So. Ah, you're gonna beat the Bears by just a couple years. Perfect. Yep. <laughs> Planning ahead. <laughs> Good job thinking ahead there. Uh, I've heard this from a few people. Nick asks, any reports on Tavon Young? I was really good at slot corner a few years ago for the Ravens, but I don't remember seeing him this past Saturday. Haven't heard anything about him all that much. He's been in and out, like yeah. injured-wise. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I haven't heard or seen a lot of Tavon Young recently. Yeah, same. I, I think it's been kind of a quiet camp, in my opinion. So, Okay. Um, I actually have a question for you guys. Um, do we think that Mark Carmen, who uh, the Carm? know, was on our postgame show Saturday, will be on with me tomorrow pre and post as well on the CHGO Bears no idea. podcast? Do we think that he should know that we are doing a live show right now and not be calling my phone right now? Oh, yes. Uh, I think yes. that I think yeah. he should know that. I, th I feel like he should know that. No. I yeah. Yeah. He should buy buy us dinner tomorrow. Done. I'm gonna text Let's him that back in response. Hey, you shouldn't call me during the show. You now owe us all dinner tomorrow. Seems yep. fair. I like it. Oh, this is just kind of funny from Alex Flores. He says, "Hope your grass is better at your new place, Nick." I believe that's sort of a Soldier Field reference, which I love. I get it. I like it. Yeah. Uh, the what grass else? Is we greener got? Really tonight. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Oh, Byron Pringle update, says Willie Beeman. He's on the bike. He's been on the bike. Peloton, Peloton team still. Yep. I don't think you're going to see him in Seattle. He's got that sweet uh, Justin Fields 
mock-up uh, in his avatar there. It's like a, a all white the uni. White. With the... Oh yeah, I see that. Ooh, I kind of like that. That's way better than orange on orange. Yeah, uh, another player one here from Bull E Bears. Any news on Thomas Graham's hammy injury? I saw him. Saw two seven. No. Seen him in a while. Couple thing though. A couple things when when uh, like you're seeing this with. Um, so I think there's like basically three players. Eberflus has come out and said, this is the injury. He's going to miss some time. Everyone else is day to day. So the first one was Lucas Patrick. Second one was Thomas Graham. The third one was Doug Kramer who immediately went on IR right away. Those my point is the other two guys didn't. So I would think that there is an expectation, obviously that they're obviously with Lucas Patrick. I think we're expecting him to be, be back. I don't know if it's going to be week one or not, but I think we're expecting him to be back relatively soon. Thomas Graham, a little bit more up in the air, but, you know, again, he wasn't placed on IR, so you'd think he'd still be in the mix at some point. Yep. All right. Um, Stephen Haynes asks, if Kyler Gordon is pushed inside, has Vildor shown enough to lock down the cornerback position? Well, Nick just named him the starter, so. I know. I guess so. Who else is starting? Lamar Jackson? Mm-hmm. Well, I think like, it just you know, matters. I think it matters whether or not Kyler Gordon can show that he can play outside or in. If they feel like he just needs to concentrate on one, I think he's the other outside starter. And yeah. somebody and somebody else is um, going to have to fill that nickel spot. But if he can move inside and out, then I think... My point is, Kyler Gordon, if healthy, I think is going to be playing just as much as Jalen Johnson. It's just a question of if he moves inside and out on in nickel. Um I don't see. I do yeah. not see a scenario without injury that Kindleville Door plays over Kyler Gordon. Okay, I just so if he if he's just been getting a lot of reps at that nickel, uh, Kyler Gordon as of late, and obviously coming back from injury, then who's your nickel? Then that becomes a question. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We'll see. Okay. Um. Tony Daly, our friend from the Irish Bears show, he says, I'm very interested in the D-line depth players, which is not quite Nomad's question about the three-tech, but figures Nick should answer this as well. Yeah, one of my players to watch is Makai Dude Treadway. I think he you know, had showed some flashes in that game against the Chiefs. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do uh, just to kind of follow up that performance against the Seahawks, but that is one of the guys that I had on my list. And he showed the sweet sack dance. Yeah. Which is mo- the most important factor for me to make him a lock for the roster. <laughs> Gotta have a good sack dance. Yeah. Um, Ron Burgundary says, curious to see who separates themselves for the number three running back on the depth chart. And he- I think it's Tristan Abner. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. what we were talking about, right? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I That's think so. Lock. All right, Nick. Demau says, do you guys think the long-term plan is for Jenkins to play right guard, or is it more about getting the best five in the field with hopes of Jenkins eventually becoming the long-term right tackle after Reef leaves? This is going to sound like a very, like, coachy answer, but, like, I literally just think they're trying to find the best five to play against the 49ers. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't I don't think they're right now worried about, especially in Reef's case, like, or I'm sorry, in Tevin Jenkins' case, like, they just need to find a spot for him that he could play right now. <laughs> like, can you play a spot on the offensive line? What's the best spot for that right now? I mean, the thing is, the way this is developed, I think Braxton Jones is a long-term tackle. And I think that Larry Borum, 
has shown more than Tevin Jenkins has to be the other long-term tackle. So, but ideally one of those two players, whether it's Jenkins or Borum becomes your right tackle opposite of Braxton Jones. Yep. Um, VAMC 93 productions. Who's poised to be tight end number two behind Komet? Have I've heard very little tight end news. Agree. Yeah. Right well, that's Ryan Griffin. Yeah, I mean, I think it's very clear that Ryan Griffin is um, going to have a huge part in this offense. The Bears are, are, are going to be in plenty of two tight end sets to begin with. And so you almost look at Ryan Griffin and Cole Komet as starters, quite frankly. But yeah, I see a gap there before James O'Shaughnessy. I was thinking about this the other day, though, guys. We're talking about an offense who's going to use a lot of tight ends. Um, who's going to have tight ends on the field a lot. There is a scenario if Chase Allen does enough to stay on the roster, which I th- still think is up in the air. But I don't know if you man- if you happen to catch the tight end drills yesterday. No. But it just so happened I was like, wait a minute. There's only four tight ends right there. And those are the only tight ends on the roster after Rice and John was let go. My point is the four tight ends who make the team might already be that might be that might be the tight ends right there done sealed already done I think I think it's a matter of whether or not Chase Allen shows he can stick or not or if the Bears decide they only want to keep three but for an offense to me that's going to be tight end heavy I wouldn't be surprised if they keep four well in our 53 man prediction Adam just to break it to you Will and I had Chase Allen making this I I think the block is going to be huge for him like if you're the fourth tight end on this roster and somehow you do make it on play some offense, you better be able to block chase Allen at Iowa state. That's kind of what he had to do there. So I think he does end up making this 53. All right. Uh, next one is from drew TV. How many turnovers will the defense have tomorrow? Seven. Oh, I was going to say six. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Six and a half <laughs> is the line. Take the over. No, I would say uh, let's set the line at two and a half. Wow. And I'll take over. I'll go under. I'll go over. They're down a quarterback too, so you're you're taking. Yeah, you're, yeah. I think but it's I gonna get ugly. Play in the down, game. They're down Drew Locke. I mean, are they really down? If yeah. you're down Drew Locke, are you really down a quarterback? I think Nick was talking about <laughs> Russell Wilson. They're down. They're down a Russell. Oh yeah, that guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, look, the way I look at it is, this is no matter what the talent is on the Bears defense in terms of guys who are actually out there on the field tomorrow night, they have been preaching takeaways every single moment of every single practice since April. Um, the players they end up facing in the second half for the Seahawks, I don't know that they're going to be ready for that. So yeah. I, I would take the over. I could see the, especially in the second half when some of the backups are all out there, the Bears taking the ball away. I don't Same know if guy, point, I don't know if points, but has that kind of, uh, they should I'll bet number it. out there for a preseason game, but uh, that would be something I'll look at. Okay. Gage says, so I'm not trying to sound negative whatsoever. Is this season going to be a fair assessment of Justin Fields capabilities with his limited options and weapons and possibly a shaky O-line? Probably not. Right. Probably not. But the scheme guys, we go back <sighs> to scheme scheme. I mean, I still I think gonna we're going to have an idea. I still think we're going to have a good idea. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it'll be necessarily fair. It'll be more fair than last year. But I do think the excuses will wane. And you're going you're gonna to find out if he can play or not. Yeah. All right. Okay. 
Uh, let's see here. Colby just threw us 99 cents. Thank you, Colby. I don't... Oh, here it comes. Uh, oh, Colby, he says, put respect to my guys, Nick and Will. They're my favorite part of the podcast. Nice. Yeah, of course. I right can do Appreciate it. Right on, right on. Uh, and then my last one that we'll wrap up with here, and I know, Nick, you did chirp, chirp back in the uh, comments, but I'm going to say it for the crowd here. Doug asked, will I become Thanos if I mix Owen and AG1? You'll become something if you're doing all that now. I don't Let know. Let us know. Thanos, I guess so, is the yeah. uh, you know. Yeah. I kind of want to try that now. Yeah. <laughs> but Nick never shares his Owen with me, so it's kind of hard for me to. And he's got a secret supplier, I think. I think so too. Just... He's got like a whole corner of the refrigerator in the Bears media room that's just Owen. I do forget a lot of my stuff in there. I really do. But it's there for the next time I go. So it works out. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all here. Really good stuff. Appreciate it. Uh, all the all the commentary is uh, is much appreciated. The questions are appreciated. Everybody watching, please hit that like button if you enjoy it. Um, Brian Schuster, who has Colin Coward, says trade Roquan Smith. What do you think, Brian? Love you, man. I encourage you to catch the podcast in the first twenty minutes of this episode. Yeah, because uh, we discussed that and actually played that stuff from Colin Coward. It's a good question, and um. But we already discussed it. So yeah, if you haven't missed, yeah, if you miss anything, oh yeah, you can just rewind it on YouTube too. Yeah. Um, hit the like button, subscribe. Big reason to hit the notifications is because on game days the times are going to change, and we're going to have two shows. So tomorrow night, pregame. Oh my god, first time. Holy cow, we got to do a pregame tomorrow. We oh do. my god, more graphics I got to build. Oh, we do. Primity. We got to come up with all the players that we want to watch before the game. Oh, wait, we just did that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Um, and we'll also have post game right after the game as well tomorrow. Should be fun. So no afternoon show tomorrow. In fact, I'm gonna go to the White Sox game. Oh, why not? So you're gonna Are be a pregame back? a little like hungover by pregame show. Is that what's gonna happen? No, I'm not gonna drink at the White Sox game. I'm gonna. Well, I might have one beer at the White Sox I mean, game. You're going to a White Sox game. I'm assuming they're gonna make you drink. <sighs> That's probably accurate. So yeah. it'll be a fun, interesting pregame show tomorrow. I'll go. suggest the craft cave. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're out of here. Follow us on uh, all the social medias. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Six o'clock pregame. Bears, Seahawks. Talk to you then. <laughs>